Welcome back to New Persuasive Words. I'm Scott Jones. And I'm Bill Bohr. And Bill, is it fair to say, or is it kosher, as our <laughs> brothers and sisters in the faith, of which we have many, would say, to, to say that you just got done with a television tryout? Yeah, you can say that. There's... And is it, can you tell us the rating of the show? Is it Mature Adult, <laughs> NC-17? <laughs> is there a chance that what literally... Several of our listeners have been hoping for a glimpse of you, maybe shirtless. Is that a possibility in the show? Uh, no. And if that was going to happen, I would have to spend a lot more time in the gym than I am right now. Bill, not a lot. Let's not like be, there's no need for self-deprecation or false humility. <laughs> a little more time, a little more time, but not. I think, I think this will only be involved with naked thought as opposed to naked bodies. Naked thought. So this is going to be kind of an egghead show, but on a popular level. That was what, that's what we hope it would be, yeah, if, if, it, if it turns out. So, at any rate. Well, will, you, uh, will your lifestyle change if you, if you hit this? <laughs> Absolutely. I, I think uh, I'm already, you know, looking at something on the other coast uh, just uh, in case. By that, do you mean the other side of like the Susquehanna? <laughs> like you're going right to well, Harrisburg? No, I'm, I'm thinking the other side of the Chamonix River is yeah, what I'm well, that's, right there. There's a better side and a worse <laughs> side here in Southeast Pennsylvania. Here we are. Here Folks, we are. as often you do, you heard it here first. There we go. On, on, on big and small issues. Yeah. We're non-discriminatory. So, well... Bill, we wish you well, and Thank I you. think I let's uh, solicit the prayers of our listeners: Christian, Jewish, Muslim, Buddhist, non-observant, and anybody in between. Right. We particularly, I think, atheist prayers would be particularly uh, appropriate for this. Bart Campolo, if you are listening, Bart Campolo, send your positive thoughts our way. By the way, I right, hold on. Yes, I am able to censor my. Words there. Uh, what I was about to say, I stopped. So, okay, anyway. there we go. But that's a future podcast. I want to talk about your interview with Bart Campolo in a future podcast. In a future podcast. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> it, was a, he, it was a lovely conversation. I, I mean, some of our listeners have probably heard it. It was it was a lovely con- I mean, there were a lot. There was a lot about it I liked. Uh, there were some things about it that felt incredibly interesting. I found that Bart is the same as an atheist as he was as an evangelical. Good-looking and quick-witted. You fill in your own words, yeah. By the way, I feel like I had a great Calvinism joke in that interview. Yeah, now you are... You, <laughs> yeah. you, you know, the trouble of being a theologian with witty thoughts is that immediately the number of people who get the jokes <laughs> are kind of limited. But no, I thought your Calvinist joke was good. So everybody, this is... You knew Bill Wynn. When this thing hits, and he is on cable... I, well, can I say that it's probably cable? Yes. Okay, but we're not saying anything else. HBO. <laughs> uh, <laughs> when Bill hits, right now it's the time to get on the new Persuasive Words That's right. Facebook page, to friend Bill. He Right now, he is responding to mail. That's right. We will, we, will, we will remember all of you right now. Those of you who are with us now, we will remember you a year from now. But October 18th, like four years ago, Ringo Starr made an announcement. Like Stern played it over and over. As of October 18th, I'm just too busy. I can't respond to any more fan mail. Peace <laughs> and love. Peace and love. I love you. I can't. If it's postmarked past October 18th, 
I will not open it. Peace and love, peace and love. So you're gonna get, like, if this thing breaks, which it certainly will, you're like six months away from being on the other side of yeah, bills. Yeah. Like, peace and love, peace and love. If you were not my Facebook friend before, I'm giving you the shove. Right, right. Or I might have, like, a theologian who may na remain nameless have someone else do my Facebook account. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm no longer responding to insults. <laughs> so on the show, here we go. That was uh, Bill's promo, and we will be promoing the living heck out of it when it when it comes on. This is a serious message. I'm warning you with peace and love, but I have too much to do. So no more fan mail. Thank you, thank you. And no objects to be signed. Nothing. Uh, anyway, peace and love, peace and love. But Bill, we wanted to talk about we actually had a conversation other than your television career. Although, if when this hits, this will be the next 17 episodes. So, by the way, if this also might be, if we get breaking news, this will be the old television bill. We're going to rebrand this podcast. That's right. We're going to try to get a commercial deal. By the way, for anybody out there that wants to sponsor us on this end of this, we'll take you with us. We will. We Aluminum will. siding, <laughs> toothpaste. Let's say you're just like a, like a cupcake shop, right? We're not above that. No, I mean, cupcakes are nice. Particularly those gourmet ones. So here you go. This is the last, you, you know, you're getting in on the ground floor the ground of floor new level. persuasive words. Think about when you could have bought stock in Google. Right. And look what Mark Marin did, for instance, to that coffee. Exactly. We, this we is, could, you know, this is it. I mean, this in, in like a year when Bill is on Mark Marin and you could have taken your cupcakes with him <laughs> to the Marin show. Right. Particularly any of you who are making really good alcohol. Oh well, that's it. That's it. We will just take. We'll we we'll will come to you. <laughs> we will promote you for samples. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's not. That's a different. Yeah, that's a backdoor. That's a different uh, arrangement. Yes. Now you and I have been busy, but we for the past week we've talked about wanting to address something that uh, a recent podcast Dan Carlin. But I actually called you, and as I don't do salutations, I just said, "Hey, have you heard?" Yes, you did call me. The latest Dan Carlin, Common Sense, because I said, and I meant this sincerely, It's I felt like you have been saying this, the content of this podcast, for like six months in a slightly less crystallized form, but all the sentiments. It just wasn't yeah. in a concentrated kind of 30-minute dose. And that's why I called you, because I thought yeah. that it was... Uh, so please, Bill, summarize and expound. Yeah, well, the basic idea he brought out, are we in a period of time, and let's just talk about this country, but you can talk about certainly other places as well, where the anger quotient is at a dangerous level. And you know, I just recently reread an article by Andrew Sullivan that was out in May, I think it was published in The New Yorker in May, and he, he was talking a little bit about the Trump phenomena and in the backdrop of some of Plato's observations about what happens in late democracies. I think we even mentioned that article in an earlier podcast, but the idea of a segment of our population, not no, not a segment, multiple segments of our population, the rate of anger, and I don't know what else to call it. I mean, he called it anger, but the anger quotient is at a critical mass that our society might be in trouble. Um, and I think you see it in, uh, you know, let's take just two very different segments of the population. First of all, the much talked about of recent angry white working class person who's supporting Donald Trump. They have not seen any real gain in their economic situation over 
the last 30 years, all of the uh, wealth that was supposedly come from trickle-down economics never trickled down that far. Uh, they are people who have not recovered from the most recent recession. The kind of work that's available to them is less meaningful than it was 30 years ago, and thus uh, they're anti-immigration, anti-trade uh, uh, policies. They have seen their religion insulted. They have seen their way of life questioned. While many people are applauding greater opportunities for uh, women in the workplace, marriage equality for gay folks, many of these people don't quite get why that's important or that seems to be contrary to the very core values. So that's one population that has a, an ever-increasing angry, an anger issue at what's going on. They're disenfranchised, they're disinfected, and they have the possibility of becoming true believers. I mean, there was actually a great article in the New Yorker, or no, I'm sorry, the New York Post. It was actually written by a Pittsburgh Post-Gazette guy, which we'll, I'll put it in the show notes. But he said, you know, do you want to know why Trump is still in the race? Visit places outside of American cities. And Absolutely. so, he, and he was talking about, these are not extremists. These are not people on the Twitter feed. These are people that don't have time for They're mill owners and shop owners, mostly white, but not exclusively, who are living in the Pennsylvania region, like you know, as, as, yeah. as you know, that, like these are people that are accomplished people that like really feel like the globalization project, the kind of neocon American expansion project, all the projects combined, and the political correctness project. And I think these are people that are not, you know, you know, really racist people or anything. I mean, they probably hire lots of people of color and probably are decent people, but the combination of the PC. Censorious culture, feeling kind of left out of the global economy. And really, most of these people actually know people in the military or, and feeling or, the sting yeah. of the neocon stuff. They, they're they're not, angry. They not only know people in the military, but they probably have a son or daughter or cousin yeah. or a neighbor who was either killed or permanently, their life was permanently changed because of their service. Because that's the other problem. We don't have uh, universal service. We don't have the draft. So the majority of the military comes from one particular class. That's not totally that's not totally true, but it certainly it certainly it reminds me of uh, Marius's you know uh, change in the Roman Empire. One of the reasons that the Republic failed was the creation of a professional military, and we don't necessarily have a we have a professional military, but military service is increasingly coming from one particular class and large segments of the population are, are isolated from that. Yeah. And I, I think, by the way, we don't even have universally good internet service, which <laughs> <That's right. laughs> this is, you know, I think that whether you're Republican or Democrat, and I mean, all seriousness, I think that like the market or the government is generally not a panacea. Like one of the reasons we don't have universally good internet service is unlike most industrialized nations, we didn't treat it like a utility. Like a public good. Like, so, yeah. so like, and I think like it goes both ways too. Right? I think education would be really served well by some more insights from the market. I think things like the internet and healthcare are probably hurt by you say, Hey, the market's the answer. I think that like good public policy is generally allergic to ideology. Yeah. There are natural monopolies and those natural monopolies 
are the places where government intervention should be the highest. What was your favorite properties to own on Monopoly? Uh, I liked what those uh, New York, you know, those yellow ones. Up yeah, there in the Ventnor, yeah, where you, could, where you could buy houses for a hundred dollars. That's I, but the yellows were high payoff, not the orange. The yellows, the yellows are high the payoff. Four boardwalk and park you, place. You buy a hundred dollar house and people hit them all the time. I like the slum row. I think you get the was it like I like. Oh, no, I it's like you were you were a monopoly. I was a Leona Helmsley. Type. You were a monopoly slum landlord. Yeah, uh, I, I yeah I used to poke a hole in my shoe <laughs> just to remember from whence I came. Once you come, I you know again and a, a, another diametrically different maybe political perspective is the Black Lives Matter. The anger and the legitimate anger in the African-American community over what's happening. And again, I mean, you can take a case-by-case situation and say, well, this was justified, this wasn't justified in terms of police shooting. But I have really close friends in the African-American community, I've worked a lot in the urban area, and the kind of conversations my friends have to have with their sons, I never in a million years imagine having to have with my own sons. And I'm increasingly thinking about that. I have four sons, for those of you who don't know that. And it just breaks my heart when I see the fact that not only do you have to worry about all the things you normally have to worry about with adolescent male youths, but on top of that, they might even get shot for doing nothing because of a whole wrath of, of social, economic, and political reasons. So the anger is, you know, the anger is growing in that. I mean, Colin Kaepernick, the quarterback for the, uh, well, he's fighting for a quarterback job for San Francisco 49ers, is not standing up during the national anthem. And if you want to get a gauge of the division in this country, just look at the different comments on that particular issue. He should have just said he was a Jehovah's Witness. Right. That could have been where he should have, should have gone. But I think that that reflects, that's just, that's just happened over the last couple of days. But if you just want to take the temperature, right there is a great place to take the temperature, both at what he's saying and why he's saying it, and the, the very heated responses to his stand. So this idea of, you know, of we're living in a time where the anger level is rated. I mean, you know, again, I, again, it's easy to pick on Donald Trump because he just so invites it. But the kind of... Hey, look, you invite a lot of criticism when you're making America great again. Yeah, you do. On the quest. You and I aren't doing that. That's why we're not getting... You're getting TV interviews. They canceled his show. NBC said he can't come back. You're getting... You know, screen tested. So this I, is the thing. He's a prophet. I have, not. Af, after the election. Sour no, grapes, buddy. After the election November, I think you're going to have all the Donald Trump you want to on TV. I, I think that's where this is going. But this, you know, the kind of anger, the things that are chanted at his rallies. I think the other thing is the kind of disdain that progressive and liberal folks have for people who differ from them. I mean, let's that's, that's be honest with it, with, about this as well. Even some of the shows, I've watched some videos. I watched this one particular video where this person was interviewing folks at at a Donald Trump rally. And I guess it was for The Daily Show. And uh, I was laughing because it was pathetic and hilarious. But the person I was Is that Amnesty Don's rally? No, this was uh, when he was going to have the litmus test for But I mean, you're referring to Amnesty Don. Amnesty Don now, yeah. But I also have to realize that, you know, it was raised the... The point was made to me, well, you know, they're editing these people to make them look 
Bad. Oh, absolutely. And you know, there, and that is true. I mean, Bill, that's what I do to you every week. Yeah, I, know. <laughs> I edit this podcast. In spite of you, my career exactly, seems to be it's moving your forward. Up. Yeah, you need to bring me along. And without me, you know, like, yeah. you know, what are you going to be in that? You know, yeah, they you, don't know how to edit you. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, I mean, what was your what was your initial reaction when you heard the Dan Carlin episode? Yeah, I, I thought that you had. I mean, again, I and I think you've been saying this for a while and I, maybe Dan Carlin got it from you. It's possible. But I think on some level you, you get to the place where it, like civil society is a blessing, right? Because especially in a liberal democracy where we agree to have differences and yet we have the ability to pursue our own ends and, and try to seek the good life and sort of balance the tension of our diversity and our solidarity, we can pursue it differently. I think that like what happens when the differences, yeah, it's really interesting. People mocked Joe Biden's idea of partitioning up Iraq after in the aftermath of the war. On lots of, I mean, Joe Biden, you can say what you want about Joe Biden. I like Joe Biden personally, but like I, I'm a fan, but I understand people that aren't. But you know, there were, there's a reason people across both sides of the aisle said this guy was the smart foreign policy yeah, guy and yeah. saying he just studied the stuff and he really thought. And I think that, you know, the question, tragically is are we approaching a place where where federalism i mean the idea that hey we have certain things that bind us together and yet there's diversity is that breaking is there, are we really at a place where you know red and blue are, are increasingly divisive and even within red states there are intractable differences between conservatives of different stripes you know the religious the irreligious there's certain, it does you, you wonder is i mean, i think dan carlin's point was, is the union still perfectible? Yeah, that's a very good question. Or, or, or is a, a sort of uh, more divided union... It's funny because Lindy and I watched the show The Last Ship was based on a novel from the 60s, and they've really done a different thing with the novel. It's a post-apocalyptic thing where there's a nuclear war, and, and it was hailed as one of the best books to give a feel for what life was like on a, on a ship like a destroyer or battleship. But they've done some really different things with it. It made it not nuclear, but a, but a, an outbreak. And in the second season, the the guy who sort of saved the day is now trying to pre prevent a genocide in Asia. And the people back home don't care. And they're doing a coup to carve up the United States right. into four or five territories. And it seems obvious to them that in light of this outbreak, the idea of America, this union of all this diversity, is just untenable. And... You wonder if there's a metaphor latent in this show. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, I hope that it doesn't come to that. For the least at least of which is, I like going to the Jersey Shore. <laughs> you know, I don't want that to be a new country. You don't want to need a passport. I don't want my papers. Yeah. Well, here, here's a question. You often give me quizzes. Here's a quiz I'll give you. Okay. What do the following countries have in common? Turkey, Jordan, Iraq, um, Israel, Saudi Arabia, and Lebanon. And Syria. What do all those countries have in common? None of them have been in NATO. Uh, that's one thing, sure. And none of them existed before 1918. Yeah. World War One. if you want to know how yeah. to change the world. And I guess part of, you know, I mean, most people don't, if they know that, they have never actually formed that thought. And we just, you know. The, this is why you're going to be on the panel. <laughs> but my whole point is the whole, one of the center focuses of a lot of what's going on in the world is something that was constructed within, you know, less than a hundred years. The black hand. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> the black. Hand. Right. What was it? Was, was it, that that was the the terror, the group that shot the Serbian, uh, the Serbian, yeah, the Serbian group. Yeah, and Mr. Robot, which I think is an overrated show. 
but it's not a terrible show, but it's 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 slightly overrated. But there's a scene, and, and this, the idea is that like some schizophrenic hacker kind of kid who has a tough childhood brings down the global economy with a kind of right. alt crap. But in the aftermath of it, a woman who's like doing PR for the big security corp, you know, global internet security corp, she notices on this CEO type guy's wall a picture of the shooting of Ferdinand, and and she can't take her out. He's like, I notice why you're looking at it. why why do I have it on my wall? The ability for one man to change history. So like basically a guy who put a bullet in an early 20th century nobleman like right, the, the changes air, the, the whole course the Austin, of yeah, the Austrian-Hungarian Yeah, I mean this is just amazing. So they I mean it's it's uh yeah. And the interesting thing that he missed them the first time. He went to lunch and accidentally came out and saw them. So the whole randomness of what happened what turned in many ways to create and de- you know both create and and uh deconstruct the modern world happened by accident. They didn't always do things better. Like things sometimes get better. Lee Harvey Oswald was a much better assassin. Yeah. And I guess the whole point is if you stop and look how this country came together historically, we just we just look at it as a given. I mean, you use that that illustration from that uh, post-apocalyptic show, but our country was formed by conquering, by a genocide, by buying, by invasion, by coercion. And so what brought us together is not necessarily, again, I, I want to, I love the ideals of our country. I love this great experiment that those guys gave us in Philadelphia. But the fact is that we, if we believe... You our, sound like that was your fantasy football league, that those guys gave us <laughs> down in South Philly. I mean, the experiment down at Geno's after a few beers. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Fantasy football. Football is just around the corner. But... Yeah, I, I mean, we we treat what we have almost like it's inevitable and yeah. that we're always going to be here. And the fact of the matter is um, there are some serious signs that we might not be as, you said, perfecting the republic as we'd hoped to. And so if we love this place, if we believe in these ideals, then we need, I think, to do some things to help bring down this anger. I, I think there's a need for a new internal peace movement in this country. Uh and I think maybe, and this maybe is a good place to end, and we can talk about this more down the road, but maybe if Christians stop acting like you-know-what with each other. I mean, if we could begin as Christians to kind of stop fighting with each other and begin to try to be parts of the reconciliation process, not among goofy neo-Calvinist or, you know, myopic neo-Anabaptist. But, when have you ever met a goofy neo-Calvinist? Like a uh, neo-Calvinist is like, hey— Watch, I also do prop comedy. <laughs> they're, they're also earnest. <laughs> or, or, or a funny, or a, a neo-Anabaptist with a sense of humor. You know, at any rate, but maybe if we stop this inner-tribal religious fight and realize that you know, we need to be salt and light in this, commu- in this country, uh, that might be actually a pretty good missional project for the church. I remember a couple years ago driving down 95. And you know those things where people adopt parts of the highway. Right. Right. Yeah. So I remember seeing this segment of the highway. So I guess they either clean it up or they pay someone to clean it up. Right. By Club Risque. And I thought, wow, you don't think of strippers as eco-activists. But maybe they are. <laughs> and it took me back to the lecture reading this week was from Luke 14, where Jesus says to the Pharisees, like, you're kind of like, don't pick 
the best seat for yourself. Because on a practical level, like you just might be shamed. Like you should always, so you could always like, it always looks better to be promoted than demoted. But then there's a sense in which he says, don't party with people that will advance your inner sense of self-assuredness or your outer sense of fitting inness. And so, yeah, maybe like the our whole politics would be better if people just had parties with people that they found repugnant. You know, I, I but you just <laughs> I can find it just a bunch of repugnant. <laughs> I think that's I think that's beautiful. I mean, at some levels, if strippers can be echo activist and sectarian Christians can also can actually be cultural reconcilers. And let me just put an invite out there before we close. In celebration of Bill's possible TV spot, Steve Lipples, if you're listening, if you want to come to Bucks County, we will host here at two. At, well, I don't want to say my address in case. <laughs> no, that, you know, I'm so. You know, what's so funny about that? I'm actually thinking that that would put us in danger. Nobody cares, but I won't say that. Right. But like, as if, oh, we're the kind of people. We're, that, we're but, but you yeah. should know we're heavily armed in yeah. this and bunker. We ha- and as Bill mentioned a couple weeks ago, we have Gmail. <laughs> Unlike Hillary Clinton, <laughs> we're not compromised. That's right. Everything is through Google's high. Like, if anybody tries to hack us, they have to put in the, a capital X, <laughs> the, the star, the eight. But like, we will. If Bill, I, Bill and I, Steve, if you're listening, we will have a repugnant party. I know you find us repugnant. We less you, but like we we. But you know, we differ on some things. You can invite. The people that you think would really differ with, and we'll just have a few beers. Maybe we'll even do a live podcast. We're doing our part to make America great again. The revolution begins here in the bunker. There you go. Say you want a revolution? Well, you know, we all want to change the world. Tell me that it's evolution Well, you know We all want to change the world But when you talk about destruction Don't you know that you can count me out? Don't you know it's gonna be Alright Got a real solution Well, you know We'd all love to see the plan You ask me for a contribution Well, you know We all do what we can But if you want money for people with minds that hate all I can tell you is, brother, you have to wait. All right. All right.